You just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. Unacceptable in all areas. Unacceptable coaching, unacceptable playing, unacceptable effort, not what we're about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. We lied to them during recruiting or we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Like I said, coach our kids to, to do the right thing. And, uh, you know, play with poise, play with confidence, play with dignity, play with class. At the same time, we're not going to take anyone's shit either. As we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now, that's all, sir. It's second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. Hey, hey, I don't like getting it. It's the only time we're ever getting excited about second. From now on, it's first, okay? No, I want to do is fucking eat. I want you to eat! I want you to eat! I want you to want this shit! Do you want it? Do you want it? Show me! Bunch of this did it again! Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, babe, what's going on? Oh, doing good, Shane. Doing good. We got training camps opening up all across the SEC. And, you know, we were just talking right before we hopped on here. This time tomorrow, Shane, we are going to have essentially every SEC team on the practice field. It feels great, doesn't it? Hell yeah, buddy. I tell you, the thing I like about it, it's August, man. There's football in August. There's football on tonight. You're going to be listening to tomorrow. Tomorrow we can be talking about the first preseason game of the NFL. It is here. I'm happy. <laughs> well, I'll tell you who else is happy, Shane, Razorback fans, because Arkansas announced on Thursday they are going to be the latest SEC team to sell alcohol to the general seating area of the stadium. So that's great news. But in some surprising news, Kentucky announced they will not do the same. So they're they're not they're not selling booze. And... The bourbon capital of the world says no sorry. <laughs> and I I believe the press box is named like the Maker's Mark press box or something. Oh my That's, god. It's like, I just don't understand that at all. Kroger sells beer, but you can't sell it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was reading up, man. Their largest booster is uh is a bourbon distillery you know so it's just like you would think this makes sense so i don't i, I don't get this man this is a big miss for kentucky yeah not a fan of it i would imagine they're gonna have it next season but you know maybe they're just waiting on some kind of safety protocols who knows but they have announced they're not gonna do it i look for them to do it here in the new future and uh, it's time for all these schools to get on board, I think. Exactly. Got to change it from Kroger Field to Sober Field. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Shade. So we don't, uh, you know, we didn't have as many pressers on Thursday as I was hoping there would be. But we do got some action here. So uh, you ready to do a little mini edition here of Around the League? Let's do it. Now let's go now around let's the go league. Around the league. We haven't decided how we're going to play the guys, so and I wouldn't tell you if I did. So, you know, I don't mind you asking a question, but I don't need to answer it. No, I mean, I'll be whistling Rocky Top by the end of the week. All our players, I mean, it's just like, right? I mean, you just 
hear it over and over and you know like every other or every third song it'll roll through within the crowd noise that you play at practice so you just um, you get used to it it's, it's a catchy tune right I mean, this game's gonna be a street fight this game's gonna be a street fight I mean some of you guys don't know who Kimbo Slice is hopefully you do um, and you go back to it man this isn't a sanctioned fight this is a street fight I mean this is the SEC so man it's time it's time to put on the hard hat launch bail let's get to work All right, Shane, starting with our boy Cocho. Man, he came out firing there. This was on Wednesday. Cocho spoke to the Baton Rouge Rotary Club. He does this once a year. And I remember he said something funny at it last year, Shane, something about guys going fishing or something. But he topped it this year with, uh, I mean, I don't even know where you want to start with this one, Shane. But uh, how about Cocho on whether he would be dancing if them Tigers beat Alabama? Yeah. Have I done that yet? Not yet. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. We beat the team we need to beat, I'm going to do it. In the locker room. You got it. All right, Shane. Uh, the SEC's <laughs> most personable coach here. He's given these Baton Rouge people what they want, isn't he? Oh, dude. I'll tell you what. It is hard to sit through some of these pressers. Mm-hmm. But this entire segment of Coach O was fantastic. He was firing them off left and right. He was loosey-goosey up there, and it showed. And and uh, you know he's going to be dancing the jig if they ever do beat Alabama. <laughs> How about this one, Shane? He was asked, aside from Alabama, of course, what's your next toughest SEC game? And Coach O gave the perfect answer here. Oh. Yeah. Well, what's the first one? <laughs> you ain't gonna get me on that, bro. Hey, he even caught out the fan for trying to trick him here, but uh, you can't can't fool Coach O. He's been doing this long enough. Oh, dude, he is comfortable in his own skin, Mike. <laughs> And then I thought it was interesting someone even called him out for LSU having a weak non-conference schedule. I couldn't believe this one. Coach, you've got a 12-game season. Mm-hmm. The SEC schedules eight of us. Yes, sir. You pay one of your staff a half a million dollars a year to schedule four cream puff games. How about that, huh? <laughs> hey, hey, and he's worth every dollar. How about that, baby? How about that, baby? Anybody else? So how about this, Shane? LSU fans calling out Coach O for scheduling some weak opponents. The last time I checked, Shane, week two, they're going to the number 10 team in the nation, Texas. I mean, there's nothing weak about that. No. This is probably the same guy that took a picture of the library down there, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Coach O said, get the hell out of here. But you can't tell, but he had some eyes, man. He uh-huh, uh-huh. He was like, who's next? Nobody wanted – I hope he gets to the point and everybody's afraid to ask him a question because he's going to tear him down. <laughs> and while he was in, you know, good humor, nothing seemed to be bothering him, Shane. I thought, you know, you couldn't read too much into this stuff. Maybe I am, but I thought it was pretty interesting when Coach O was asked, you know, heading into training camp, 
of all the issues an SEC head football coach, whether it's recruiting or something on the field or something with his staff, what keeps you up at night, Coach O? And his answer tells me all I need to know about his football team. What keeps me up at night? Kelly screaming at me. (laughs) Take out the trash. All right, Shane, the only thing keeping him up is his wife telling him to take out the trash. So that tells me LSU's pretty set for this upcoming season. Ditto, Mike. Ditto. (laughs) (laughs) My wife complains when I'm I'm doing a podcast. (laughs) You've been at work all day and now you want to get on there? No, it has nothing to do with you, baby. It's three months a year. You know, she's like, well, you've been doing it all year. I was like, well. I will be doing it five nights a week now, but <laughs> it's just three months, you know. <laughs> Love you. But this was great, Shane. We, you know, we want all the SEC coaches to have this big a personality. Unfortunately, these days, it's pretty much just Coach O and Will Muschamp for the most part. Mm-hmm. And let's just go right there. Let's go to Columbia, South Carolina, where Will Muschamp had his first press conference of training camp and. You know, he was cutting up a little bit, but before we get to that, Shane, I wanted to hit you with this because, um, you know, not a ton of revelations for this one. Uh, Oftentimes there's not for the first presser of the training camp because, you know, it's mostly about which freshmen are qualified and all this, but no one's gotten hurt because they haven't physically practiced yet. But the thing that really stuck out to me, the best question I thought from this presser, Will Muschamp was asked about this potentially being the best team he's ever coached. And this he was asked, even going back to your Florida days, I thought this was a pretty good comment here from Will Muschamp. Will, I know, I know you haven't played a game, you haven't even had a, a practice yet, but is this the best you've ever felt about one of your teams uh, before fall practice starts? I well, mean, I I'm so talking just, about Florida or South Carolina. Well, I just think in terms of the competitive depth, uh, that we have is is something you feel much better about sitting in my shoes right now than we've had. I can I can really only reference here because it's it's you know it's that's kind of how I reference the roster and where we've come. You know we talked this morning as a staff and looking at 2016, 17, and 18 going in the season, the different depth that we had on both lines of scrimmage has not been where it's, it is now. Um, you know the the, the skill position players, uh, you know the, the the quarterback position to have you know guys we feel like can. Can, can play well for us, uh, you know, as far as the depth is concerned. Defensively, uh, secondary, skill position players, I mean, I you know, feel like we just have more depth. And uh, and I think, Gene, as, as much as anything that I'm excited about is the leadership of the team. And I think our guys have really handled themselves well as far as those things are concerned. All right, Shane. So, you know, I surprised a ton of people when I put South Carolina number three in my SEC East ballot. But this is a big part of it, Shane, because – You know, they should be a lot stronger on both lines of scrimmage. He's recruited everyone on the roster. This is, you know, they say it's their guys. and Not to say that it's not, but when you inherit someone and when you recruit them, it's different. You know you're recruiting them for your system. Everyone on his roster, he talks about all the experience he's got on his roster. He's got a four-year starting quarterback. I mean, all over the field, they've got experience and talented players and a you know, he's not had to totally change his coaching staff. It's mostly the same coaches. I got a lot of confidence in South Carolina doing some big things despite the schedule. Uh, did you get any of that same feeling based on Muschamp's uh, comments here? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of times it's going to be coach speak. And when somebody asks a question like that, they kind of deflect. But the fact that Coach Muschamp is embracing it and the expectations of this upcoming season would make me feel better if I'm a Gamecock fan just because the coach is buying in. The fact that he's admitting that they've got the depth now and this should be a good ball club. Yes, the schedule's tough, but so are these opponents that are going to have to face them because I really think South Carolina can surprise a lot of teams this year. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, maybe I'm reading, again, too much into this, Shane, but I thought the highlight, if you want to call it that, of SEC media days was when Will Muschamp was down there and asked about if the Gamecocks are the little brother to Clemson, we all, you know, we touched on it here that everyone's seen that that's a South Carolina fan and Will Muschamp shut that shit down pretty quick. And apparently his players all got his back on that one. Uh, I'm starting to think while they don't want to be getting those questions in a press conference setting where everyone's watching, I think that could potentially galvanize this team. And it's just, a little bit more fuel to the fire when everyone's talking about uh, the team in the same state that's dominating and they're just talking about how, you know, you can't survive your schedule. And I picked up some of that from uh, Will Muschamp when, and he gave his uh, unfiltered comments about that question he got at SEC Media Days. Coach, a couple weeks ago when a reference was used at SEC Media Days, um, which we're not going to repeat here, but my point being is some of your players took to social media and they were passionate about the way how passionate you were. Can you just see a development in the trust that they have for you in comparison to year one and how has that evolved uh, heading into year four? You know, the coaching player relationship is a two-way street, you know, and and – and, and I, I think that players take the uh, personality of their of how they're coached and, and how they're dealt with and how, how they're taught. And we try to be upfront and honest with our guys and how we're going to be and how we're going to handle our business. And, um, and, uh, and that's, that's the way we handle things. And our guys understand that. And, and I think as you continue to be around our players more, which the Long Family Operations Facility has helped us a lot because we're around them a bunch more than we used to be because we're in the same building and we're all operating under the same roof. So, uh, But I think that the personality of your team continues to evolve and, and takes on your, your personality as a coach. And, you know, when you respond correctly to dumbass questions, that's what happens. All right, Shane, it's stuff like this that makes me say, <laughs> oh, bus champ and oars are on, man. They're in a class of their own right now when it comes to, uh, you know, telling us how we how they really feel about things. Oh, yeah, man. You can tell. You can see it in his eyes, Mike. He is ready for some football, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, you know, I really think, you, not to say the players weren't fired up already, but when people are just talking up Clemson nonstop, I mean, they're penciled into the ACC champions, they're penciled into the college football playoff, all this garbage. Uh, I mean, there's got to be – I would think the Gamecocks are more motivated for this upcoming season than Clemson. Would I be wrong to, to say that? Yeah, Clemson is the final game of the regular season. That should not be their goal right now. Their goal, really, is, as much as I was knocking Coach B, it needs to be one game at a time. And uh, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be circling week one mm -hmm. and then week two. You know, I mean, this is a, this is a ball club that's, that's thrown in the fire early. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean – Oh, mighty Alabama's coming to town, but exactly. I mean, you can you can talk Clemson all you want. Well, the best way of beating Clemson is beating somebody that can compete with Clemson, and that's the University of Alabama. But you can't even drop the North Carolina game. Mm -hmm. That's that's 
I mean, that right out of the gate, that's the one you gotta you gotta get. Now, final thing I wanted to share here on Will Muschamp because at the uh, tail end of his presser, he was asked about. Uh, for those that don't know, his son is a high school senior there in Columbia. And from what I understand, he's a pretty good quarterback. He got a lot of FBS offers, but he's starting to get uh, teams like Boston College have offered him a scholarship to play quarterback. So his stock is rising. And Muschamp was asked about the fact that uh, having a son that age, does it help you in recruiting? And I thought his answer was pretty pretty great right here. Will, not, not only do you have a high school-age son, but he's a real good football player. Does having his mom's athleticism. Okay. Um, does that give you um, a nice edge into having an insight into that ex age group right now when you're recruiting that you didn't have before? <laughs> no, I'm always hip. I mean, I've got – I mean, I've always been cool. I mean, I didn't need to have a teenage kid to be cool. Now, I get told by both of my sons, Jackson and Witt, how I'm out of date with things, and I'm not totally hip with everything. But I get told at home a lot that, so that's all right. Yeah, Mike's got some short pants on like Jake Bentley wears. <laughs> and some bad-looking socks, too, man. You better be tough where I'm from. You wear those. Has anybody ever told you you look like the guy from Texas and the basketball coach? <laughs> he does. I thought you were him. He's buddies with Frank. No. I, the beholder. He's buddies with Frank. That's why I thought Frank would maybe playing a joke on me. All right, Shane. So this kind of hits on the similar thing I'm feeling that, you know, he's in such a good mood. We've seen, you know, we've all seen Will Muschamp, the fire angry, hitting the the whiteboard must champ, but this is the complete opposite. And that makes me feel like he is very confident. He's very at ease and relaxed going into the season that uh, his team's going to, you know, they may be flying under the radar, but he, you know, they may not be for much longer if they pull some upsets here. That's true, man. He's in a good spirit. So we got to, we got to capitalize while we got it, man. <laughs> All right, Shane, let's all jump on down to Knoxville. Jeremy Pruitt also had his first press conference of a training camp here. And leave it to Pruitt, you know, to say a ton of words but not really say anything at all. And he didn't have a ton to say, but uh, I know you would be particularly interested in what he had to say about Trey Smith and Aubrey Solomon and also D'Angelo Gibbs. So he kind of gave an update on all three of those players right here. So let's uh, jump to Coach Pruitt. Coach, have, have you been given any kind of timetable on Solomon and, and Gibbs as you enter fall camp? And secondly, what's the plan for how you manage Trey Smith and what, what all goes as you move forward to start putting on shells and that type of thing? Well, um, you know, Aubrey and D'Angelo, you know, we, we probably have a really good idea about D'Angelo. Uh, he, he's going to redshirt and set out this year. Uh, I think moving within the SEC, um, that, that's really what's going to happen there. Uh, you just don't transfer from one SEC school to the other uh, without being a graduate transfer. And D'Angelo knew that when he came here. Uh, and he came here because he believed in the coaching staff and for his future development uh, in the game of football. So he's done a really nice job this offseason. A uh, big key for him is, is what side of the ball is he going to play on? You know, the guy can play either side of the ball, but it's important for us for the next nine months uh, to make sure that he's at the right position 
uh, so he can continue to grow and develop as a football player uh, so when he does get an opportunity to be eligible that he, he's ready to contribute. Aubrey, uh, we've not heard anything yet. So, uh, and hey, it, it could be tomorrow, it could be two weeks from now, but it, whenever it happens, it'll happen. And then Trey Smith, Trey, again, um, you know, Trey has expressed that he wants to play football. Um, our our um, doctors uh, have kind of collaborated with everybody across the country, a lot of specialists, to figure out a plan to enable him to give him an opportunity to be able to do that. All right, Shane, so Tennessee fans got bad news, good news, and indifferent news. Well, that, that's kind of <laughs> it's more of the same, but uh, based on those comments, I think, you know, Tennessee fans have got to be really encouraged because Trey Smith, the ultimate difference maker for this team, the ultimate X factor, if you will, it yeah, certainly sounds like he's going to give it a go. And there's just waiting for Aubrey Solomon. You know, I don't know that you could say optimism is high any longer, but uh, I'm not sure it's not either. It's just they just haven't heard anything. But what are your thoughts on uh, the updates on those three? Uh, excited, Mike. I'm going to tell you what, man. I think, I think. That was great news. That great news, I think, trumped the other. Uh, as, as big as Aubrey, I think, would be, mm-hmm. Trey is 10 times more important for that offensive line. So getting him and, and that power, I don't know, dude. I'm, it just feels like we're going to see him, buddy. We're going to see Trey lining up this year, and that's going to help those young guys. Yeah, and, you know, piggybacking off that, because we one thing we've heard about Trey Smith all off season is he's in the best shape of his life. He's ready to go. You know, obviously this time last year he had basically taken the entire offseason off so I for health reasons, not because he was lazy or anything. But when these photos, Shane, these photos started showing up all across social media the last day or two of Tennessee players, I guess for their annual photo shoots, what have you. I mean, it's just eye-popping, some of these freshmen and sophomores and even the guys that are upperclassmen that have never looked that intimidating. Uh, after a year and a half, some of them, and some of them just half a year, but Craig Fitzgerald and his crew, it just certainly seems like Tennessee's looking different this, this year on the gridiron, wouldn't you say? I think Fitz was our biggest get last year, seriously. The fact that we almost lost him uh, to Maryland – we don't realize how huge that was, and we're starting to see more product of what he's capable of doing when these pictures are coming out, these damn freshmen, man. I'll tell you, I'm looking, these are some grown-ass men that he's sitting out here, and and, and it kind of echoed when Pruitt was talking about, you know, they checked the boxes. They had something that they needed to, they, the bodies, their bodies weren't right. And, and I think that's kind of why he's a little bit peppy himself is because he's seeing some of these kids come back in and it's not in day from last season. He says this is the biggest, strongest, fastest defensive line he's had up there since he's been, you know, and I know it's just year two, but uh, that says a lot because we did not have big, fast, strong linemen last year. Pruitt was specifically asked about Craig Fitzgerald and the work he did with this team this offseason. So, like I said, these are, you know, a trending topic in Knoxville. All these damn photos of these these guys that you said, they look like they're 35 years old. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Pruitt was very complimentary of Coach Fitzgerald. So, let's jump to these comments. You know, first of all, Craig's a team guy, okay? He is a team guy, which is very important. A lot of guys in, 
strength and conditioning. They think that when they max down there that, you know, it's it's their game day. Uh, and, and it is to some extent. But Craig realizes that he's trying to develop football players. Um, and, you know, him along with his staff, who, who he handpicked, uh, have done a, a really nice job. Uh, not, not just in just in strength and conditioning, okay, but to me the with the mindset of our team, you know, you, you, you kind of create the identity of your team in the off season and, and through the, the strength and conditioning program. Nobody in our program spends more time with our players than our strength staff does. Um, you know, so he, he, he done a really nice job this off season. Um, you know, and he's a guy that I lean on uh, for a lot of things. Uh, and we're excited that he's here. Uh, and and he'll do a nice job with them during the fall also. All right, Shane. And, yeah, th- these comments, it kind of reminds me when this Fitzgerald guy got hired. And, of course, you know, previously he worked at Penn State years ago when they were hit with those sanctions. He was not there for the issues that got Penn State in trouble. He was there immediately after where they had basically half a football team. And I think they still won eight games. And there was mm-hmm. there was one game in particular where I think it was a cold, you know, Big Ten November game. He comes out there with his shirt off and gets, gets the team <laughs> fired up before pregame. I think that's the type of stuff Coach Pruitt is talking about here that uh, he's going to be looking for Fitzgerald to bring in the fall. Yeah, for sure. And there's a reason he's the second highest paid strength and conditioning coach in the nation. And it's what he's able to do with these boys. And tell you what, we've we've heard nothing but healthy reports. And uh, like I said, you look at some of these guys coming out. It's I mean, did you see Palmer? Uh, you, you know, you look at him a couple of years ago. The guy ain't got no arms. You know, mm-hmm. he comes out to uh, this picture yesterday. Damn, he looks like a linebacker. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I'm excited about the development. I'm sure Coach is really excited about it. And uh, and he's right. It all starts with strength and conditioning in the offseason. He is the voice of the football team, uh, you know, when Coach is away. So uh, it's just I just awesome being able to keep him. I'm just pumped up, man. We got to do whatever. I put it out yesterday. We got to do whatever we can to keep this guy in Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not all rosy in Knoxville, Shane. So let's jump to Coach Jim Chaney, the offensive coordinator. And I thought this was a particularly interesting comment, you know, a truthful comment. We don't get a lot of truthful comments from these coaches, I feel like. But Coach Chaney was asked about being able to coach around a poor offensive line. And uh, these comments are pretty spot on, in my opinion. I don't think it's possible. What do you think about that? I I don't believe it's possible. I don't think you can coach around your offensive line. Football has been a game of uh, played in the line of scrimmage for a lot of years. Uh, at Purdue, we, uh, Purdue years ago, we threw it all the time, and everybody, well, you know, you're doing that to bypass your line. But we had a lot of linemen go on and play in the NFL, so we weren't winning the game because of the lack of the line play. We were winning because of the line play. We were just doing it a, a different way. It's hard to hide it if you're deficient in the offensive line. It's difficult to do, and uh, I think it's virtually impossible at times. So my anticipation is that our kids are going to go out there and compete, and we're going to be just fine. We're going to go get better as the season goes on and continue to develop, and hopefully everything will go our way. All right, Shane. So I've heard this offseason commentary a lot. You know, we got Chaney now. He'll fix it. He'll solve it. But mm-hmm. if – the, if the offensive linemen can't do their job, 
it's it's I'm not gonna say it's it's more of the same because they got bigger players, better players, but I'm not sure that they're just gonna light up the scoreboards right out of the gate. What are your thoughts on what uh, Jim Cheney had to say here? Yeah, I, I I agree with him, but I think there's a difference with coaching with Cheney. Like like if you do have some linemen issues up front i don't think that you could coach around it but you can coach through it mm-hmm. if you if you're really struggling up front maybe you don't run up the the two hole or the four hole you know <laughs> what i'm saying you don't run up the gut like we did uh last year so i think that he's going to be able to get the most out of what we have mm-hmm. coming back this year you know and of course like i said trey smith's just one guy but he's a big part of that offense and and, and we build that depth up front. These guys are going to look bigger and better than last year. Um, and Cheney's there the whole way. So I, I think we'll be fine. But he's right. You can't – if you have a bad line, it doesn't matter. You can't throw the ball. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can't be a balanced team, and that's what Cheney wants to be. Yeah, but getting if they get Trey Smith back and if he's the old Trey Smith, I mean, they're going to be a lot better. Yeah, of course. I'm going to say they're going to get him back, Mike. We're a glass half full today. <laughs> We're doing, we're positive. We're being positive, man. Football's back. Last thing here on Tennessee, Shane, we can hit this real quickly, but I just thought this was fantastic. This is one of our favorite guys. We all know the story. Mike Leach nearly hired there at Tennessee by former AD John Curry, and that led to Curry getting fired and Leach staying at Washington State. And Leach was on the Paul Feinbaum show on Wednesday, and, you know, Paul asked him about it, of course, and Leach, I thought, gave a pretty good comment. It came out a year and a half ago that you were heading to Knoxville to take over at the University of Tennessee. And as this was going on, the the person who offered you the job was fired. Um, I don't think he was fired. I don't. Maybe he was, but uh, where 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 did that end up? And 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 how did it how did it go down from your end? Well, it really didn't end up, um, you know, anywhere. I mean, basically. Uh, because I'm very happy here at Washington State, sure. and and they said, well, will you be willing to talk? And I said, I said, sure, I'll talk. I'm in L.A. recruiting. And then, you know, and, and after some dialogue, because I wasn't going to meet anywhere, this whole, you know, fly somewhere, meet somewhere, I wasn't going to do that because, you know, again, I was happy where I was at. I said, but I'm in L.A., and, and uh, you know, come out here, and I'm happy to talk to you, which we did. And then, of course, uh, shortly after that, there was a coup d'état at the University <laughs> of Tennessee, and it was it was a coup d'état. You can call it what you want, and and I hope I don't hurt anybody's feelings at Tennessee, but it's a fact. And then, um, uh, you know, and, and it was like something out of Shakespeare. Okay, all of a sudden. Uh, they call they call home the ED and in route uh, you know they off him, okay and then and then the the, the king or the chancellor who orders uh, offing the AD because uh, you know the guards are around him uh, demanding that it be done, um, you know in order to uh, secure her position. Well, then shortly after that they off the president. Then they off the, the 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 very chancellor that set it all in motion, or allegedly, and then uh, no, there was a whole power shift, and uh, and anyway, so uh, yeah, I, and hopefully the ground's more for the good people at Tennessee. Hopefully the ground's more stable there now. Would have been quite a play. <laughs> all right, Shane. So there, there's our boy Mike Leach, and man, what a character this guy is. This is a. Uh... 
I always want to see him return to the SEC. I know he's the offensive coordinator there at Kentucky years ago, but hopefully mm-hmm. one day he makes that return back because just comments like these, I don't know, I'm desperate for him. Dude, I'm telling you what, man. He was, I mean, he is right. That was a huge mess. And he would have been perfect in the middle of it. I mean, could you imagine him coming in with all that drama? Oh, man, we almost had Coach Lee. I love Pruitt. Don't get me wrong. But, damn, we almost had the Pirate, you know? I mean, I'll always be thinking about that. Yeah, I think he would have been great. And, uh, I don't know, that's a story for a different day. But uh, we got a couple other teams to hit, Shane. So let's jump to Mississippi State. We got a little nugget here. This was first reported by Gene's page, the Mississippi State 24-7 page, but uh, former LSU offensive lineman Cole Smith, who is, was an Under Armour All-American in high school, and he's a Mississippi native, he left LSU this offseason. He is officially headed to Mississippi State, and this is uh, pretty good news. You know, he's not going to be able to play this season. He'll have to sit out. But any time Mississippi State lands a Under Armour All-American on the offensive line, that's got to be good news for them. And I remember Mm -hmm. when this whole deal went down, it was, um, you know, this was under Dan Mullen's staff and his, you know, he took all his staff. So John Hevesy was the offensive line coach who's now the offensive line coach at Florida. And everyone was mad as hell that uh, basically they got in on this kid too late. I don't know how you get in on an Under Armour All-American late, but that's what happened. And uh, I just think Mississippi State fans would appreciate knowing that uh, they finally kind of got their guy that they wanted years ago. Yeah, for sure. And his dad played there. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's uh, everybody knows this kid. I mean, he's going to be welcomed with open arms up there. So this is a good story. And I think LSU's got plenty of depth, you know. They said they only got one center on scholarship down there but they could probably move a few pieces around and be fine mm-hmm. all right shane let's jump to missouri M-I-Z! and how about this this is a weird one shane so i had no idea that this was a thing i guess we just don't have many teams on probation or whatever that often but uh, the coaches poll came out on thursday the the preseason 2019 coaches poll we got mm-hmm. alabama number two Georgia, number three, LSU, number six, Florida, number eight, Texas A&M, number 11, and Auburn, number 16. So you got six SEC teams there. And the one that I think most people are wondering, where the heck are they? Missouri, potential sleeper there. But it it comes out that uh, apparently Missouri is not eligible to be in the poll because they have that postseason ban. I've... I don't think I don't that's, think that's, that's stupid. What the hell is the point of that? Yeah, that's that's stupid. Just saying that they're the the point of a poll is just to say what you think they are ranked among the other teams. Not, I mean, it has no. I don't think it has an impact on a bowl game, does it? No. I mean, so just if you think they're the fourteenth best team in the nation, just say it. I don't. I don't get that. That's stupid. And I did see uh, T.J. Moe, the former Missouri Tiger. He tweeted out something that I yeah. that I tend to agree with. He said, "Well, hell, if Missouri does get this bowl ban overturned in a couple weeks or months, what have you, they may debut in the top ten because they'll be like six and oh, seven and oh, or something." So I think that would be sweet justice <laughs> there for the Tigers. 
Would they break a record like the first unranked team to go to a top five <laughs> in one week? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can't imagine that's ever happened before. I, I know there's certainly teams that break in that way, but not all the way to the top ten. Yeah, that's stupid. I've never heard that before. I've, I, I mean, I don't remember when Ole Miss had a band saying that they couldn't be a top 25. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't remember that being a thing. Maybe they just weren't a top 25 caliber team at the time, so mm-hmm. we just didn't know it, but – yeah, no, this is stupid. Stupid news. That's where we're at, Mike. We got some real news. <laughs> Last thing, this is real news here. Let's jump on down to Fayetteville. Woo pig! Where we already hit on the uh, booze they're going to be selling. Good news. More good news here. Arkansas has announced a home-and-home series with Utah in the coming years. So, so I really like this series. I think Arkansas and Utah, we could see some potentially good games between those two, couldn't you, wouldn't you say? Oh God, yeah, they've never met either. That's that's what's crazy. I looked it up, and mm-hmm. I for some reason I thought that they've played before, but no, this would be a good one. So listen to this, Shane. Arkansas's got some really nice games lined up here next season. Not the season we're about to come to, but 2020, they go to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Following season, they host Texas, and then the next two years they go to BYU, and then they host BYU, and then they go to Oklahoma State the following year. Then they get Notre Dame at home, and then they go to Utah. They get Oklahoma State back home, and then they close it out with Utah at home again. So if I'm a Razorback fan, I mean, those are some awesome home-and-homes coming up for the next, you know, nine seasons that I'm loving. That's awesome. That's I mean, it is, and they're really good games. I really like that Oklahoma State one. I just think, man, by the time we get to that one, maybe these guys are back and they're competing and stealing recruits from the, you know, out west. So I just think that's going to be a good one. But I like, I like them all, man. They did great. Yeah, and hell, Notre Dame, Shane, is so up and down. I could see by next season, if another recruiting class with Chad Morris and company, uh, that mm-hmm. that could be a very competitive game. I think Arkansas is going to have the advantage over BYU. Both those years, probably. And like mm-hmm. you said, those Oklahoma State, those are good ones. The, the only one that I think would be very tough on paper just looking at it, and this is so far out, but uh, Texas in 2021, that's going to be a tough one. But hell, yeah. hell, the rest of these, I've, I've got confidence the Razorbacks can, can match them. Yeah, that's crazy. Arkansas can put Texas on the schedule, but Texas A&M can't, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right, Jane, so that's all the news we got. Yeah. Are we finally prepared for a little thing called Tell the Truth Friday? <laughs> the Tell the Truth, I don't think we're ever prepared for this, Mike. Uh, but I do I do got a confession. I, obviously, the audio quality has slipped a bit here in the past, and I have ordered a new computer, and I thought it would be in here today, but it is not. Mm -hmm. So I will not be doing the Coach Mason's voice. I won't be doing none of that. But I will tell the truth on uh, all the teams in the East if you want to go for it. I do, Shane. I do, and so do the listeners. Tennessee, I got a lot of respect for their coach, a guy I've known for a long time in this profession. You know, his son's a quarterback. He's a really good football player. Um, they beat three power five schools in the last six or seven years. And uh, they got really good athletes. 
You got to give uh, East Tennessee State credit. They gave a bunch of different looks. They stemmed around. They played hard. I think at the end of the first quarter, we had eight eight rush attempts for minus one yard. Um, those guys got after us really well. Chattanooga is a very well coached team. You know, Russ has done a really good job there. Uh, they're eight and two. They're one of the top teams in you know their their division. Um, they have 14 starters returning from last year's team. Um, they basically do a really good job on offense with the quarterback run type stuff and the play action. All right, for all the new listeners out there, you may not be totally familiar with this setup. We've not done it in a while, but basically what this is, we have all these coaching clips on, the, on our shows here, but a lot of times we feel like the coaches are not being honest kind of telling their answers. So this is a little segment that we did last season that we're bringing back, and it's just what these coaches would really say if asked to tell the truth. Thanks for joining us today, Coach Mullen. How you feel about your Gators heading into the 2019 season? Well, Mike, I think we bit off a little more than we could chew this year. You know, I've been attacking Georgia, getting them fired up, but – I'm a little worried. Schedule, I'm looking at it. I don't know if we're going to get to that 10 wins. There's a lot of pressure for me to get to. Uh, I mean, hell, they, they think we can win the SEC, Mark. And uh, I just don't think we're there yet. So uh, I hope they're okay with a nine, eight win season because I think that's what we're coming into. But if I get, I'm t- uh, that could all change. That could all change if I get my quarterback right. And that's one Felipe. And me and Felipe, we're not on the best of terms. I try to get him to dance on the sideline. He won't loosen up for me, you know, get his hips going. But he won't. But I tell you what, if Felipe comes back and he's more accurate and he is willing to run the ball. Hell, we did running drills last year, Mike, with my quarterbacks. I I couldn't get him. To, to loosen up and run on the field. I need him to be a dual-threat quarterback. If he does that, then we can exceed expectations. You're probably wondering why my hat gets bigger every time we're having an interview, why I've got Band-Aids on my face. Well, I just can't get Franks to loosen up. All right, we've had a few differences in the locker room. I've got some new Jordans on, in case you're curious. And I'll tell you what, if all goes well, I really do think that we can beat them Georgia Bulldogs. That's that is I'm telling the truth, Mike. I really do think we can beat the Georgia Bulldogs if I get what I need out of my quarterback. That's all I got. All right. <laughs> we are joined today by coach Nick Saban. Nick Saban, thank you for taking time. Thanks for having me, Shane. How are you doing? doing I good. don't give a shit how you're doing. I heard you picked Georgia over my team in the SEC championship game. Is that true? That is true, Coach. Well, good thing I know how bad you are picking games. Otherwise, I'd give a shit what you think. <laughs> well, yeah, we got 35 five-stars on the roster. I don't understand why everyone's picking us to win the SEC. Why do we have so many players on the LLSEC team, Shane? How am I supposed to motivate my boys to get up for Duke when I got the entire All-SEC roster? I just, it's just It's not right. I don't care what you think. I don't understand how I'm supposed to get this done. But you don't care. You just want to see me retire right off into the sunset. 
Well, guess what, Shane? That's it. Every time I hear you predict I'm retiring, I decide to stay for another year. So keep it up. I may coach till I'm 100. <laughs> That's all I got, Shane. See you October 19th. I'll be the coach on the winning sideline. <laughs> oh, my God, Mike. That's good. That's good. All right, we're pleased to be joined by Georgia head coach Kirby Smart. How's it going, coach? No, it's going good, Mike. Glad you had me on here today. A um, couple of things. I was just being completely honest because it's tell the truth whatever day we're doing this. And uh, I've got the best running backs in the league. I've got the best line in the league. So uh, if you want to refer to RBU, that's running back you, from now on out, you should be the Georgia Bulldogs. No questions. we got more five stars on this team than uh, than anybody in the country. That's just where we're at. So uh, moving forward, a lot of people will want to talk about Alabama. Alabama ain't on the schedule. Let's just – I mean, we're going to be in the SEC championship. I don't know if they're going to be there. they got some teams they got to beat. But if they do, luck up and get in there the SEC championship. We're going to have to put a hurting on them. Uh, being, you know, truthful here, I was, I was a little upset at media days. Everybody asked me about the University of Alabama. Well, you know, again, they're not on the schedule. And I'm tired of being compared. I'm tired of being told that I can't beat Nick Saban. But uh, in, in the pit of my stomach, I also hope that they don't make the SEC championship so we don't have to deal with them. But if they do get there, We'll deal with it there. Moving forward, we don't have any receivers. Um, that's a it's a little concerned, but you know, we've got a lot of talent coming in. Uh, we will find talent. That's not going to be a problem. Hell, we can put the water boy out there. <laughs> I'm telling you, Mike, we're going to be handing these ball to the running backs, and uh, we don't we don't even really need receivers. We could probably just line them out there and uh, do that. We may go something you haven't seen in a while. We may do a little wishbone. You guys going to wish I didn't have so many running backs when we get down to the end of the game here. I got a helicopter ride the other day. That was a big deal. And uh, kids like that. They like when I fly in and uh, show them how powerful I am. And, uh, you know, oh, uh, that little Floridian coach, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, what's his name down there? Mustard? Um, no, the Miss- Mississippi guy. What's his name, Mike? Oh, Moorhead? No, no, no. The one that's down in Florida now. Uh, oh. Not not, not Spurrier, but the other one. Dan Mullen? Yeah, old Dan, Dan Mullen. I've been mulling over him uh, <laughs> a little bit on the Twitters. And, uh, you know, he's he's been giving us a hard time saying that he's going to beat us. And i tell you what, there's only there's only really two teams in this country I'm, I'm worried about, and that's uh, the University of Alabama, obviously, where uh, Papa Nick's at, and uh, – and maybe Clemson, you know, because they did beat them last year. So those are two teams uh, here in Georgia we're worried about. Um, it's definitely not them Florida Gators. So I look forward to playing them. Uh, shut that guy up. And, uh, hell, we're going to run this schedule. I think the toughest game we got is Missouri. And uh, as soon as we take him out the woodshed, we'll uh, we'll see y'all at the SEC Championship. That's all I got. My helicopter's here, Mike. <laughs> We now got Coach Morse, Razorbacks. Appreciate you taking time to hang out with us. Thanks for having me, Shane. Just down to half a dozen Red Bulls. I'm fired up, let me tell you. Fall football time is a favorite time of the year. I'm excited. I'm excited. Big things are coming here for this season, Shane. I'm so proud of the team. I'm proud of what they accomplished last season. It was a historic run. We are going to win us 
another championship this fall. You can take that to the bank, Shane. Championships, what do you mean there? Talking about my son, Shane, Chandler Morris, high school football. We won the state championship. I'm fired up for this Texas high school football, Shane. Oh, yeah, but uh, uh, the Razorbacks. The Razorbacks, well, let me tell you, Shane, we're going to be recruiting. And we got 53 freshmen this season on the hill there in Fayetteville. And we're going to be recruiting them. We're going to be recruiting Texas high schools. I'm not even coming into work on Friday, Shane, because I'm going to be in the state of Texas recruiting. I got 53 freshmen. It's time to go out there. We're going hunting for some victories without no bullets. But that's why I'm going to be out there recruiting. That's the way I've always done it. That's the way we did it at Clemson. And that's the way we'll do it here, Shane. Recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Texas high school football and recruiting. And some more Texas high school football. Did I mention we got 53 freshmen on the roster, Shane? Don't expect much from this team except from Chandler Morris, my son. We're going to win us another state championship. I, I can't wait, Shane. If high school football is the greatest time of year, it's the best football if you ask me. I mean, SEC this, SEC that. Texas high school football is where it's at for me. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're going to win us another championship. Can't wait for that. I'm here. I'm ready for the high school football season, Shane. Woo pig, full two, boogie, hammer down. <laughs> Golly. Oh, man. There goes them reviews, Mike. There they go. Right out the window. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're pleased to be joined by Kentucky head coach Mark Stoops. Thanks for joining us, coach. Well, uh, Mike, glad you had me on. Um, you know, I'll make this short and sweet. Um, we've been improving every year I've been here. Uh, last year was a big one for us. We got to 10 wins. Uh, we lost a few players. Uh, defense, uh, we're going to have some some noticeable changes on the defense side of the ball. We're going to have some noticeable changes on the offense, especially in the backfield. Benny, I love the guy. Don't get me wrong, okay, but this is tell the truth. Kind of glad he's moved on. Um, this is uh, something now with AJ and uh, Chris back there. I can do a few more variations of my offense. I think we're going to be more versatile back there. Uh, Terry, I pray to God he's better this year. You know, he looked good in the spring, but I don't know if that was because he looked good or or my secondary looked bad, which uh, I'm a little nervous because they got a little weaker. Uh, you heard about the injury the other day. So, you know, if we don't hit that 10, if we if we go back to the six, five, five win seasons, I tell you what, uh, they'll probably bring in alcohol then, Mike, you know, because because <laughs> we're going to need it here in uh, the bourbon capital of the world. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Lord knows you, you would think um, cash, you know, would be a good spokesperson for the alcohol. But. Uh, here we are, you know, me not making those decisions. So uh, I'm a little worried about the season. Not going to lie. Like I said, my defense isn't as good as they were last year. Uh, my offense, I think, is going to be a little bit better. I think we're going to have a little bit more fun over there. But you're going to see them on the field uh, probably less uh, because that defense is just going to get gashed. So I uh, don't want to offend anybody because this is tell the truth. But um, I'm thinking if we can get to eight, we'll be happy. Um, you know, but if we get back to 10, that'd just be a, a freaking miracle. But that's all I got, Mike. I appreciate you hanging out with me. All right. Gus Malzon from Auburn. I appreciate you hanging out with us today. I bet you do, Shane. I'm madder than a hornet. I keep hearing all off season. You're down on my team. You're down on me. You think I'm out. 
That's a bunch of bull crud. I ain't taking kindly to that, Shane. I don't know if you heard, but I'm back calling the plays. And no one calls them better than Gus Malzahn. How do you think we built that Gus bus with my plays? We didn't use nobody else's plays. The Gus bus was built by Gus. And I'm going to prove Mike right this year, Shane. Because we're going to whip the bull crap out of everyone you throw at us, Shane. So you just keep your mouth running, Shane. Just keep it running. You think I'm going to be out of here, Shane? Well, guess what? I don't know if you heard about this guy, Joey Gatewood. He's the next Cam Newton. You ever heard of Bo Nick, Shane? He's the next Brett Favre. They can both run. I got the best defensive line that the world has ever seen. So how you like that bull crap, Shane? And guess what? If I do get fired, Auburn owes me $32 million. I'll go coach Ole Miss with my $32 million. So good luck with that, Shane. My Gus bus will be rolling on down to Oxford. You can bet your sweet butt on that one. War dang eagle, Shane. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Coach. Now we're joined by Coach Barry Odom of Missouri. Thanks for joining us, Coach. Mike, it's good to be on. Uh, I'm glad to be recognized on one show, you know. Everybody wants to bury us because of damn tutor. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We're trying to help these students get past, get their degree so they can – be successful in life. I didn't have anything to do with that, Mike. And now here they got us on this ball band. Hell, it's the show me state. They ain't showing us no respect up here. None. <laughs> Zero. Misery. That's where I'm at. I'm in misery right now because these Tigers are the best damn team I've ever had. Mike, you don't understand. I've coached a lot of ball and I've never been more excited about a team than the team I have right now i love my quarterback uh big get out of clemson have you heard him have you heard have you heard about this clemson guy kelly bryant does that ring a bell mm-hmm. yeah he's hoisting the national championship trophy not too long ago well he's back over here on the mizzou tigers i think he won national championship i'm not sure on that one i know he was in the national champion did he win he was on the bench but yeah <laughs> it, yeah it don't matter it don't matter mike you know why it don't matter because he's on my team now, all right? And he's leading this locker room. we got stud receivers. we got stud running back. we got a good line. This team is shaping up to do some special things, and the damn NCAA is trying to shit all over it, Mike. And that ain't going to happen, because I talked to my athletic director the other day. I talked to the president, and he says that this band will be lifted before the season's up. So, you know what? Don't rank me. We don't care because we're about to show you something special up here. That's all I got, man. Coach O, one of my personal favorites. Glad to have you on here. This is uh, Coach O from LSU. What you say there, boy? Hold that tiger. How you been, Shane? Been too long, buddy. We got to block out that noise. We got to block it out. Feeling good. We got Heisman Joe Burrow. He's tough now. (laughs) He's tough as my hummer. Let me tell you, he's tough. We hired the greatest offensive mind in the NFL to run my offense, and we're going to shock the world this year, Shane. We're going to shock the world. Hold that tiger. We may even score a few against Alabama. Get me to do that hookah, Hollywood, hula, hula dance. <laughs> I'm ready for it, Shane. Oh, I'm ready. I can taste it. I can taste it. Well, this year there, they ain't holding me back, Shane. We got Dave Aranda, <laughs> the finest defensive coordinator in the nation. But we got to block out the noise, Shane. My Hummer is filled up with gas and Red Bull, Shane. I'm ready. Ready, Shane. I'm ready for this one. Hold that tiger. Next up, we got Will Muschamp. I swear, Mike, it's it's nice having me on. 
but if you ask me one damn question about Clemson, I, I, I may kill you. I, I haven't decided yet. You know, I've done took out two reporters this offseason. I'm not afraid to do it again. All right. I live on an island for a reason, Mike, because I don't like people. <laughs> I don't. My kids don't think I'm cool. That's all right. I'm not cool, you know. But what is cool is this roster. A lot of people ain't giving us respect. But do you feel that, Mike? Do you feel that little buzz, that little tingle in the air? Mm-hmm. That's the Gamecock Nation rising up like a phoenix out of the ashes. Everybody thought last year was our year. No, sir, everybody. It's this year. Oh, crazy eyes is taking it this year. We've got some tough games. Hell, it's the SEC, Mike. Every game's tough. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I got a quarterback that I don't trust. I like him. He's saying the right things. You know, he went down that Manning camp and did some special things down there. But don't think I won't pull the leash on him. You saw it. Put old Skarnakian in there last year. You know, I didn't want to, but I had to, I had to show him who's boss. We ain't going to have turnovers. You see it. When you have turnovers, when you lose the turnover rate last year, we lost every game but one. When we were winning in turnovers, we won every game. You know what that means? That means we can't have turnovers, Mike. And that starts with Bentley. And I will wreck at Bentley if he comes out there and throws a pick. I'll put it right in a tree, Mike. Jeez, I got Holinsky. Oh, I love that name. It just sounds like a good quarterback. So I just want to get him in there. But I'm letting it play out. Bentley's saying all the right things. Of course, he always does. Smart little, smart little kid he is. Got that running back, though. Did you see that, Mike? Got him out of Clemson. Mm-hmm. Did you like that? I did that locker room. I made it myself. I went down there. I did. I put put his name up there. I put his pads in there. I put that uh, that lacquering on the wood there. So when he came in, it was shining. And he came in. He says, you know what? I want to play here. I want to play for you, Coach. He wants to play for a national contender because, by God, we're the big brother of this state, and I'm going to show everybody – why Muschamp's not crazy when he says that we're going to win a national title. But this is tell the truth, Mike. This is tell the truth. I got a tough schedule. I am worried about that. We've got to do it one game at a time. And I, I'm not worried about North Carolina. Everybody talking about old-ass coach down there in North Carolina. You know, you bring his dusty ass up here. Well, I'm going to take him out. I ain't worried about him. What I'm worried about is week two. When, when Papaw Saban comes in town, that's the one I'm worried about. And if I could beat him, oh, my God, I'd be the first, I'd be the first guy, uh, first assistant they've ever had to beat Coach Saban. That's a big deal, Mike. Mm-hmm. But uh, I got to go take my meds. I got to get off here. So it's nice talking to you. All right, we're joined now by Coach Matt Luke from Ole Miss. Matt, I appreciate you taking time to hang out with us. Hey, buddy, thanks for having me on. You know, this is uh, this is the first phone call I've got all off season. So, I mean, it's great. I didn't know people knew I was still down here. But, yeah, I'm still I'm still here. I'm still here. Uh, still coaching these Rebels. And uh, I'm just back for another beautiful season down here. Mississippi made Oxford, Mississippi, or at least until the Memphis game. Uh, they've, they've given me till that. Depending on how that one goes, Shane, we're the underdog. But uh, I'm, I'm, this may be the last time we're talking. But I'm glad you called. I'm glad you called, Shane. Really hoping these coordinators save my job. You know, it's incredible and talking talking ball with these fine gentlemen. Uh, when we get together, Shane, I don't do much of the talking, to be honest with you. I don't understand what they're talking about when we talk ball. I just sit back and kick back, listen. 
uh, sipping my lemonade. You know how it, you know how it goes down here in Mississippi, but it just all goes right over my head, Shane. You know that, but uh, I'm just here to listen to them, and it, they sure do sound they sound nice. They sound a lot of a lot of big words come out of their mouth. I don't understand them, but hey, I'm just here. I'm happy, uh, Mississippi made man. I I don't know if you know this, Shane. I went to Ole Miss. I played at Ole Miss. Now I'm coaching at Ole Miss. It's, that's kind of weird. That's kind of how it works down here. You just kind of you just show up and you're there. Uh, I'm glad I'm glad they're on my side, I'll tell you that. That's all I got today, Shane. Hotty toddy. You just show up and you're there. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. Okay, now uh we're pleased to be joined by Tennessee coach Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, Mike, I'm glad you had me on here. Um, because I love the media. We had a good off season. Anyway, any rate, uh this line. You know, I'm going to say all the right things. I hope to God Trey Smith comes. I keep sending his quarter, uh, the the damn doctor, hundred dollars every time I go in there, and I think we're going to get him cleared. So that's good. Get Trey Smith there on the offensive line. We need that because we're going to struggle again. And uh, you know, I don't care who's back there. I like, you know, that Jarek Garantano. Uh, I think he's, I think he's a little better than people think. Just unfortunately, didn't have a lot of time to throw the ball last year, and. All that had to do with me, so I went out and hired the best damn coaching staff in the nation, and that's top to bottom, man. I really do. I think we got the best offensive coaches, defensive coaches, and I tell you what, that Coach Fitch, something special. I tell you what, the what he's done to my young men that I've recruited up there is freaking fantastic. I've never been so excited in my life, Mike. Can you tell? It's in my voice. Where are we at now? Defense. I like the defense. We got another. Uh, we got another defensive tackle trying to get the hell out of here in the portal. Now, again, that's Mike, that's not how that works here in Knoxville. People transfer into Knoxville. They do not transfer out. That is part of the maxim. Like when we do our kneeling maxims, number 15 says, you do not transfer. That's about all the excitement I've got up here. One last thing before I get off here, Mike. You know, I'm pretty pumped up about this BYU game. And, uh, and of course, I hope, you know, we'll be serving alcohol. I just think that just – be perfect maybe that'll keep you know some of them away um and maybe we'll have more of a home field advantage maybe we could do some keg stands out front so if you guys are you know gonna come out to the ball games come out to that one and uh you know just uh enjoy that alcoholic beverage as uh them byu cougars come in uh bigger faster stronger you know three words i like to use a lot i hope we get some more recruits up here i mean that's that's a big thing. You know, I brought all these coaches in here. We're paying them all this money. Um, <laughs> I mean, some of these are like supposed to be the best recruiters in the nation, Mike, but we ain't getting them. So um, well, maybe that maybe that falls on my shoulders. Maybe I got to win more than five games. <laughs> uh, sorry. Alcohol kicked in. We're serving it now in Knoxville. Uh, I'm looking forward to that BYU game. Can't wait to do a cake stand on the sideline. See you, Mike. I'm out. <laughs> all right coach joe moorhead i appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us today uh, again Mo- moorhead is from mississippi state uh thank you for your time well sir i'm glad to be back i'm not gonna lie i made too many promises last year <laughs> that's for sure i'm not making any promises this year no sir not until I made sure old Tommy Gunn Stevens can throw the ball 10 yards down the field or further. Last year, Shane, we couldn't really do that. Uh, couldn't execute the forward pass, and that's, uh, you know, it's a pretty big part of the offense. Pretty big. Pretty big throwing the ball down the field. We couldn't really do it, but uh, 
hey, I got Hale State fired up before even knowing if Nick Fitzgerald could throw the ball. And uh, <laughs> that sure blew up on me, Shane. That's not the only mistake I made. I kind of blew up. I don't know if you saw, Shane, but, uh, you know, I was a college quarterback, high school quarterback. I got up to about 300 pounds last year, Shane. I don't know if you've seen the news, but uh, I dropped 55 pounds this offseason, Shane. And uh, I do that by I don't eat till till dinner time. That's the only meal I eat. And uh, I was trying to motivate my receivers, Shane, because uh, I wanted to show them that uh, they aren't the only ones that can drop things. <laughs> you hear that, Shane? Yeah. What was that? Sounded like your phone. Oh, that's a dinner bell, Shane. Hell, Shane, that's a six o'clock <laughs> dinner bell. I gotta go. That's all I got. Hail State. We're pleased to be joined by Vanderbilt's Derek Mason. Coach Mason, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's good to be on here, Mike. Uh, this is obviously, you could tell I don't have a mic, or I'd be talking closer to it. Um, <laughs> you know, Coach Mason is, uh, we got a lot of, got, like, got a lot of good things here. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, um, I love this kid. I'll tell you what, he's, I'm, I'm hooking my, I'm hitching my wagon to this kid's, uh, uh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm hitching my how I can't. I don't know what I'm saying. I've been down to Tennessee too damn long. I can't think of all these sayings they got down here. But um, <laughs> one thing I do know is this new athletic director has been giving me the evil eye uh, every time we go by. And I don't know if that's because because uh, I'm so good looking and, and dressed nicer than he does or or the fact of the matter is he just doesn't really like me. Um you know, we've been going to a bowl game every year, and that doesn't get the respect it deserves. Uh, we beat Tennessee just about every year we played them uh, since I've been here. And, again, no respect. Uh, you guys can't see how much money I make because this is Vanderbilt. They don't disclose that. But I'll tell you right now, it is pathetic. And uh, I made a mistake by coming here, but my wife loves the shop, and she loves Nashville, so here we are. Anyway, um, We've got we've got a quarterback controversy going on right now, and uh, it's really unfortunate because we've got probably the best receiver, best tight end, best running back in the country, and uh, my two options at quarterback are just <laughs> I'm telling you what, freaking pathetic. Um, I'm thinking about just putting Keyshawn Vaughn back there and running Wildcat. That's where we're at right now, but. We're going to see what we can do. Uh, probably going to get six wins. Probably going to make a bowl game. Probably give Tennessee a run for their money and uh, probably get fired at the end of the year. So I don't have a lot of positive things to say here uh, other than I uh, hope my next landing job appreciates the defense I bring with them. So uh, that's all I got, Mike. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Jimbo Fisher, I appreciate you taking time to come out and hang out with us. Uh, Jimbo, uh, thanks for being on. Yes, sir, Shane. Thanks for having me. Jimbo Fisher here down here in College Station, Texas. Oh, it's a fine afternoon here in Texas, Shane. Kellen Mond, he's progressing tremendously. I heard you laughing when he said he's the best quarterback in the nation, Shane. Well, with my coaching, that's exactly what he's going to be. So don't you ever 
Laugh at one of Jimbo Fisher's quarterbacks, Shane. You know what they say, the schedule's the toughest in the nation? And I've responded by saying it's the greatest opportunity. It's not an opportunity, Shane. And not an opportunity to win football games, but an opportunity for me to spend that $75 million, Shane. I might buy me another steer. might buy me hell. I might buy me two steers, three steers, seven steers, Shane. I got $75 million to burn. And let me ask you something else, Shane. We're playing Clemson week two. How often are they testing them boys for PEDs? Are they testing them before the game, after the game, during the game? Why aren't they testing them right now? I'll be down there in Clemson testing them this week if they let you let me, Shane. But they won't let me. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in here. But Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M. But uh, you know these Aggies, we'll be fired up. Uh, don't mention the Longhorns around here, Shane. I'm ready for some football. Let's get to it, Gigam Aggies. Holy Mike. Oh man, uh, we do got a review. If you got time. Sure. Let's read the review before we hop off here. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Uh, you know, football season is here. Appreciate uh, everybody taking the time to give us a rating review on iTunes. We had a, you know, it was in and out this week. Mike had to do a few things, but he finally got it up and running for us. So I appreciate you, Mike. Uh, but this first review comes from Ryan Elm, and he's got a picture of an eagle. So I'm assuming it's an Auburn fan. Or a Philly fan, I don't know. So far, it's great. Five star. Just found out, y'all. And two episodes in, I'm happy. <laughs> he was happy, Mike. Then he heard tell the truth. Hopped to hear more when the season starts. War Eagle. Well, Ryan, I really appreciate you. Uh, thank you for giving us rating review. Yeah, we appreciate all the ratings and reviews, especially those that uh, have written them out here. That's why we read them off. to a special way to say thanks and you know, we appreciate all the support. We appreciate everyone tuning in. It means a lot. And just just trying to grow this thing, grow this podcast. So if there's anyone out there that you think would enjoy the show, please share it with them. That's uh, word of mouth is huge for growing the podcast. So thank you to all the listeners, Shane. Thank you for joining me. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go Vols.